I did everything wrong. And for all intents and purposes, I definitely am, I think, (laughs) by this reality standards, a bit of a failure. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we have energy in the house. We are following the energy. I've got an awesome guest today. I'm so excited. I've got Paula Peralta, and Paula is just filled. She's brimming with energy and positivity and and great vibes and all of that stuff. Hey, Paula, are you in mindfulness mode today? I think so. My goodness, what an introduction. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm happy to have you on the show. Paula Peralta is a celebrity hairstylist. Now, how cool is that? She's a business and empowerment coach as well. And according to some standards, though, I get this. She has done everything wrong to achieve success. Isn't that something different? Well, but Paula exudes joy and she's experiencing more success now than ever before in her entire life. She loves to share how taking a back step from living life on everyone else's terms was the best move she ever made. And I'm going to repeat that sentence because I didn't say it quite right. Paula loves to share how taking a step back from living life on everyone else's terms was the best move she ever made. Paula helps her clients visualize how they can create a new life, even with a blank slate. She believes it's possible to make a career change at almost every stage in life. And well, we're in COVID-19 right now, and we're in a pandemic, and a lot of us are locked down. Many of us have lost our jobs, and, and you know things can be looking pretty bleak. But we've got this amazing woman on the show who understands that you can make a career change if you need to, and it doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. So I'm excited to talk to you about all of this stuff, Paula. But first of all, what does mindfulness mean to you? So for me, it's really about getting to who you are and really understanding that you actually are the most valuable product. Like what if you being you is actually the gift that's required to change the world? And when you take time to strip away all of the other narratives and all of the other projections and expectations and judgments and rejections that we often face in this world are are a lot of the things that that we have projected us from even a very young age. Uh, Once you start to strip all that away, that's where you are. That's like the beautiful pony that you are. And it's like from that space, you can literally create anything. And from that space, you can ask the question, with total ease, what else is possible here that I haven't even considered? And that's where you can actually start to create a life that you don't need a vacation from. And all of that is for me, what really about being super present or what you call mindfulness mode, like that's what being present and being like the creative director of your own life looks like for me. Oh, cool. So what is it about you that makes it so that you can help someone veer in a totally different direction in their life and career? How, what, what talents and abilities do you have that can help people do that? Well, one, I made a lot of mistakes in my own life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, like it says in my bio, I did everything wrong. And for all intents and purposes, I definitely am, I think, <laughs> by this reality standards, a bit of a failure. Um, I dropped out of college just because it wasn't for me. I started a career and got laid off five years in. Um, I completely started over with my business twice, uh, my salon business. And 
you know, now when we're in, you know, we're obviously in the times of COVID-19 and um, I'm again, looking at like stepping away from certain aspects of my business that no longer work for me. So it's like, it's been kind of failure after failure, after change, after change. So that's the first thing. And then also I'm a certified facilitator for access consciousness, uh, which is really focused on empowering people to know that they know. So you know, what's true for you and you know, what's going to work for you and you have an awareness. And so when you're actually following your knowing, that's when actually uh, the greatest possibilities can show up and the universe can have your back. So those are kind of two things, but it's just a lot of trial and error and just really using tools to, to get to a space where I trust myself, I trust my awareness, and I really can like follow the energy of the universe. <clears throat> so what do you spend most of your time doing, Paula? Well, it depends on the day. <laughs> right. So um, I spend a lot of my time facilitating uh, either one-on-one -on -one with my clients or I will um, I facilitate a lot of classes as well. Um, a lot of my classes are focused around being you, uh, a joy business, um, a lot of business and money classes. But the more energetic side, the more what's true for you, like if you weren't necessarily following, you know, the latest in Forbes or you know, whatever the, the, the public, the business publication is, and it's, that is great information and be informed, but it's also, what do you know? Like, what do you know about business? And if you were truly creating your own reality, what would that look like? Um, and so I spend a lot of time facilitating that. And then I also, um, I obviously, like I said, I own a salon in Los Angeles, California, and I work behind the chair as a hairdresser. And I spend a lot of time, not only doing my guest hair, but facilitating them on, you know, a lot of the traditional issues that people have in life, um, you know, whether it's relationship or money or business or kids or, you know, family, it's always a big one or their bodies. Uh, so that actually is how I got started as an empowerment coach is <clears throat> I was working with so many hairdressers or sorry, well, hairdressers as well, but I was working with so many clients who were coming and just, you know, bogged down by, by, you know, all of the kind of projections of, of this reality. And I started to look at what, like, what could I actually choose here that would contribute not only to them having beautiful hair when they walked out, but having that pep in their step and feeling empowered to go out into the world and be them. Um, so that's kind of how we, how we got started. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. Now for Mindful Tribe, for some of our listeners who don't know this, can you explain what is access consciousness? Sure. So it's a set of tools really that again like i said um <clears throat> so access consciousness is a set of tools that empowers you to know that you know so every every projection or expectation that we often get thrown upon us whether it's because of our gender or our race or our you know economic status or um like where we're at in the family or what our familial roles are so all of those things um they are there often is a certain narrative that's projected and so access consciousness actually has, is a set of tools that help you get to if that can be a part of you, but if you weren't defined by all of those things, like where are you? And, and if you were functioning as you and choosing for you and creating the reality that you know is possible, which is often a reality beyond this reality that other people aren't talking about. It's like, what, what would actually be possible? Like what could show up? What could you create? What could you choose? Like, who would you be? Um, and that, that's what I actually really love that because it's empowering you to know that you know. So what's your story? How did you first become connected to access consciousness? 
Yeah, so I, I've read a book, uh, Dr. Dane Hare here, who's one of the co-creators of Access Consciousness. He wrote a book called Being You Changing the World. And there are some really pragmatic tools in it. And um, I read the book, I totally fell in love with it. And he was doing a, a like a taster kind of short evening um, kind of meet and greet. And I went over to it. Actually, I flipped to San Francisco from LA. So I worked a full day in the salon. I hopped on a plane, was like tired screeching in my Uber to get to the hotel in time uh, to, to see his, um, his presentation. But it just, it was, there was such a kindness and a gentleness and a, um, but this like strength and this empowerment behind everything that he said that was like such a, um, it was such a gift. And one of the things that I love the most about access consciousness is that it's not, it's not about like trusting it is a set of tools, but, but Dane and Gary, uh, Gary Douglas, who's also, um, the co-founder, co-creator of access consciousness. Um, he says, don't trust me, trust you. Like, what do you know? What do you know? So it's, it's such a cool, different conversation of like, always getting to more of you. What do you know? What do you know? What tools can you use? What's your awareness? Like if you were truly being you here, like what would you choose? And for me, that's such a, it's such a different invitation um, in a world that's often projecting it, like how to be, who to be, what to be, where to be, when to be. (laughs) So, and it's changed, it's completely changed my reality. So, um, you know, it's changed my financial reality. It's changed my relationship with my body. It's changed how I do business. Um, and it's just, my life just continues to get greater. So how's it get better than that? (laughs) Well, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And yeah, I've been uh, honored enough to have Dane here on my show. Dr. Here has been on my show and so has Gary Douglas. He's been on my show as well. And now I get to have Paula Peralta on my show. So this is very cool to have you and you just, I don't know how either one of us got so lucky, but it's great that we have been able to be connected. This is fantastic. Have you always been this happy, fun-loving, energetic person, even when you were a child? Tell me about a day in your life when you were seven years old. Oh, I love that question. A day in my life? Yes, I've al- I have always been... I've always been happy. I often was very quiet as a child. Um, I spent a lot of, so my mom tells me that I was very like obedient and that like, she didn't have to, not that she, she didn't have to worry about me. So I was just always very observant. I was very aware of the world around me, the people around me. Um, and I wasn't necessarily as like gregarious and outgoing as I am now. Um, but I, I definitely, I was an only child until I think almost actually the age of seven. And, um, so I spent a lot of time around adults and so I was very articulate from a young age. And so then once I actually started really engaging with the world, I think, yes, I became definitely came out of my shell, but I will say that for most of my life, I like most of my teens, like high school years, my twenties, um, I actually really, um, experienced a lot of depression and that was like depression and anxiety and, Um, so much of it was just like an awareness of the world around me. And again, people's projections and expectations and not being me. Um, like I allowed myself to really separate from who I be and that caused, it caused a lot of (laughs) disruption in, in my joy and in my happiness because I was constantly trying to like bend, fold, staple and mutilate myself in order to fit into this reality's projections of what was okay. What was appropriate, like beauty 
and, um, you know, like engagement with the world around me and things like that. And it just didn't work for me. Um, and I was also highly aware of the people around me and the things that they were experiencing. And I, you know, this reality calls it like empathic, um, and access calls it something called X-Men. So it's like really just that, like, um, that energetic awareness of, of the world around me. And so I really, 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 um, struggled for a lot of years with, with depression. Um, and that has been, so again, the, the, the joy of using the tools of access consciousness is that I've actually gotten to more of me and where I constantly, one of my favorite tools with access is who does it belong to? And it's really like, if you step back and you look at, okay, if like, we're really highly aware and we're all so energetically connected. If 99.99999 and probably more than that percent of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't actually belong to me, it's just that I'm really, really aware of, you know, people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. <clears throat> it's like, once you get to that space and you start to look at that and you can be like, okay, cool. Who does this belong to? Like I'm, I'm perceiving anxiety or I'm perceiving sadness, or I'm perceiving stress or whatever that is. And it's not actually mine. I'm just really, really aware. You can ask the question of who does this belong to? Um, or is this mine? And then you can actually start to ask an, a different question. And once you aren't under the weight of, you know, those emotions, I'll say, then you're able to actually step into more of you and be you and function as you in the world, which is really such a gift. And that's actually the gift that the world requires is for you to be you because our natural state is joy. <laughs> it is fun. It is positivity. So. I admire your creativity and how you help people with their image. You know, you do their hair and you, you help them that way. But I want to know what you think about how people maybe take it too far, how their, their hair or their image is too much about what they are all about instead of just being who they are, just being able to just not even worry about their hair and their image. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think you have to do what works for you. Definitely. And everyone's it's so for me, I definitely have spent a lot of time asking, really asking my body what it desires. So that's a really great opportunity to, when you're talking about, you know, things like, as I mean, I'm, like as a woman, makeup is a big part of how we play and our hair and things like that. So it's, um, one of the things that I've really gotten, gotten to is asking my body and really communing my body with what, what does body, like, what do you like to wear? Um, body, how do you like your hair to be like, Hey body, do we want to wear makeup? Do we not want to wear makeup? Um, and, and the, the thing that's really cool about it is when you're in communion with your body and you're actually, actually asking your body what it desires or, you know, what it requires, because our bodies don't have points of view. Um, but they do have things that they like, like bodies love to be touched bodies, you know, often they love movement. Like they're very aware of, of, you know, the energy around them and things like that. And so, um, like we are in our, we're like, our bodies are in us, but we are not necessarily just our bodies. Like we're definitely infinite beings and bigger than that. So it's like, when you look at things like beauty and it's like, where can you create that from a space of fun and play? Because our bodies also like to have fun and they like to play. So it's like, if you want to wear a ton of makeup, or if you want to have, you know, if your natural hair color is dark, but you want to be platinum blonde and that's fun for you, then do it, choose it, go for it. And also there are people that don't love makeup and their bodies don't love to wear, you know, like dresses or like what or certain fabrics or whatever that looks like. Like our bodies love to be like nurtured and comfortable and things like that. So it's like, what's nurturing for your body? Is it wearing like, you know, 
fake eyelashes and red lipstick, then cool, go for it. Cause I have days like that too. But I also have days where I wear no makeup and my hair's up in a ponytail. And it's really just like when you, when you get out of the kind of point of view about that, it means something like, Oh, the word, like I'm only beautiful if, if, you know, I'm wearing a ton of makeup or I'm only like beautiful if whatever that looks like, like anytime you put a definition on it, you actually take yourself out of choice. So it's like when you're in the question and you're like, okay, cool. What would actually be fun for me today? Then it's, that is a space of choice. And that's where you're in a space of being you. And I think that's the difference where when you're, you know, you're talking about people that are like, oh, I, they use it as like a mask or they use it as, um, you know, kind of a source of confidence to, to, to replace their actual being. And I think that's a different conversation. Then I would might maybe ask a different question, but beauty is such an interesting thing because you like Bruce, just like me, Paula, like we are, we are our own brand of beauty. Like I, no one, you know, no one can be me. <laughs> what I'm, like my brand of beauty, whatever it looks like, same as you. Like, so it's really just like, what's fun for you? What works for you? And if I were, you know, like willing to receive all the judgments, good, bad, or indifferent in the world, like still, what would I choose? Like, what would be fun for me? So in our city, there are so many nail places and salons and like almost every corner, there's a little strip, you know, a little strip plaza and there's another nail place and everything. How is COVID-19 going to change how we live our lives and how we see ourselves when, when our population can't be out there focusing on having, you know, nails done and hair done and everything all the time? <laughs> what do you think? That's, well, actually, I mean, my salon, I own a salon here in Los Angeles, California. And um, it's interesting because the salon's closed. It's been closed now for four weeks and it's going to be closed at least for another four weeks um, as we, you know, as we flatten the curve, as it mm -hmm. were. Yeah. So what's really interesting is this is definitely a time, you know, a lot of people are at home and well, everyone hopefully is at home. Everyone, yeah. And uh, so that, that's where you're seeing like right now, I currently don't have any, you know, I have no nail polish on the hands or... I'm wearing makeup because that's what's fun for me. And it, um, you know, it's like, I've got, it's, it's just, what's fun for me. So I, but I don't always, and I will say, um, there's definitely a conversation in the beauty industry around, um, you know, like show us your roots. Like that's a hashtag that's going around on social media because people can't get their, they can't get their roots done if they're used to going into a salon. Right. So now their gray hair is showing, or they may be blonde by, you know, highlighting in the salon, but now their, their darker roots are coming through. So, um, it's definitely interesting because I think what's happening is people are actually starting to see either where they've bought into the need mm -hmm. to change or like to tweak their appearance, you know, using whatever beauty tools. Um, so they're starting to see like, what do they actually love? Cause there are going to be people that are like, you know, actually I like my natural hair color and they may not go back to a salon. And there may be people that are like, no, I, I love my blonde. It's a part of who I am. It's really fun for me. And so they're going to come back. So really for me, I think it's putting people in question. And that is the, for me, it's been the beauty of the, the whole like COVID-19, the chaos that it is, mm -hmm. is that it's putting people in question and people are starting to ask, like, if I were truly being me here, because all you have is you, if you're self-quarantining, especially me, like I'm, I'm, I'm self-quarantining alone. I live alone. Mm -hmm. And so I spend, you know, a lot of time, well, all of my time by myself. So it's like, what's, it's been a really great time for me to get into intimacy with me. And, um, 
that's definitely a conversation I've been having with a lot of my other clients as well. Not um, my, my clients for facilitation where um, it's like, okay, so if you had these like five elements of intimacy with you, which um, so the five elements of intimacy that we talk about are um, honor, trust, allowance, gratitude, um, and vulnerability. So when you're playing with those five elements, that's where you actually get to true intimacy. So uh, it's you can be intimacy with a partner, with a business partner. It doesn't just have to be a lover, but it's like when you actually have that intimacy with yourself, then you can actually start to ask true questions and get to an awareness of what's actually true for me. Do I love to go to the salon? Do I love to get my nails done? Do I love to wear nice clothes? Do I love to wear yoga pants all day? Like, and none of that's wrong. It's just like, what's, what works for you? <laughs> Honor trust, allowance. And what were the other two? Vulnerability and gratitude. Vulnerability and gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude is huge, isn't it? That we have so much to be grateful for. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting too, because for one of the things that I've just, that I know to be true is that in the space of gratitude, judgment cannot exist. So when you have true gratitude for, for yourself, for your body, for the earth, for your partners, for, you know, your clients, for your creations, whatever that is. It's like, you can't actually judge it because there is so much gratitude. There's that space of gratitude naturally um, is an expansive generative energy. Um, And so you don't have time to judge. And that for me has been such a, such a gift of learning and choosing gratitude in all areas of my life. You talk in your bio about creating a new life, even with a blank slate, if somebody has, you know, come to a turning point in their life. Can you share a story with us about someone that you have really made an impact on and helped to move in a different direction in the world? Yeah, definitely. Um, So I actually, so I have a lot of clients right now that um, are experiencing either they're um, ending their relationships, whether it's, you know, a long-term relationship, short-term relationship, or like a divorce. Um, So that's a conversation often um, that has a lot of judgment in this reality attached to it is like, um, oh, if you're getting divorced, like it's the worst thing ever. Like people project to you, like you must be devastated or this is so sad or, you know, like, oh, well, where, you know, who did what? Like, you know, like always going into like the wrongness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a conversation that I have a lot with my clients is like, what else is possible here? And what else is possible with like, what if the ending of a relationship is actually the creation of something really, really um, like amazing. So even for me, personally. Um, so I was married for, um, a couple of years and then ended, I, we chose to, um, consciously uncouple the relationship. And, uh, so we got divorced and for me, it was interesting because, um, so much of like my now ex-husband, a lot of the conversations were, um, like where most people would go into wrongness of like, you did this wrong, or you didn't, you know, you didn't, serve my needs or (laughs) Mm -hmm. whatever those conversations look like. Um, it was very much like in kindness and with caring, um, and, and really with honoring of like, listen, this actually just like, it's not, it's not really that either of us is wrong. It's like, we're both just like choosing to create something different. And so, um, that's like a a huge conversation that I've had with a lot of my clients recently is that, if you're choosing relationship and I like to say creationship because, um, really it's like the relationship by def- relationship by definition is the distance between two points. 
So you're automatically creating separation. Um, so you have to maintain some level of distance between you and the other person, which actually doesn't allow for intimacy. We talked about the five elements of intimacy. So it doesn't allow for that honor, that trust, that gratitude, that vulnerability, and that allowance when you've got a level of separation. And so when you look at creationship, um, and this is a conversation actually that's it's interesting, especially because people are quarantining with their family members and their partners right now. But this is a conversation where if you could actually look at where being together creates greater, that's a creationship. So it could be, you know, that it's creating more money, that you're creating more joy, that you're having more fun. Like all of those things can be components of, of a relationship that turns into a creationship because it both creates, it creates greater for both of you. And again, this doesn't just have to be lovers. It can be um, your children. It can be your friends. It can be business partners. It's like, does you being together actually create greater? And that actually puts you in the question of, um, you know, like if I were truly being me here, what would I choose? The other thing that I love, one of my favorite relationship tools, because I've been talking about relationships a lot lately, is uh, destroying and uncreating your relationship every single day. So it's kind of like, have you seen that movie, Fifty First Dates? No. Okay, so it's this movie with Drew Barrymore. She has amnesia. So every day it's Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. So every morning she wakes up, she doesn't know who she is. She has no memory of her relationship. She has no memory of... Um, you know, her life at all. And so every single day, she and her partner, who's Adam Sandler in the movie, they're, they go on these adventures, like they're recreating their relationship every single day. It's like every day is the first day together. And wow. so they're having so much fun and they're, um, you know, they're constantly like getting to know each other. And it's like, if you allowed each other the space and, and destroy often has a negative connotation, but it's like, really, you're destroying all of the projections, the expectations, all of those like judgments that you could, or rejections that you possibly had before. And now it's like, hi, how are you? Like, I'm Paula. It's great to meet you. Like, what can we create today? How much fun can we have? Um, and that is such, you can actually perceive the energy of that and how that's such a different energy to go into your relationship every day with like a totally clean slate. Um, like you originally were circling back to your original question, right? <laughs> but it's, like going back to that clean slate, it's like, cool. If I like, what, who am I today? And what grand and glorious adventures am I going to have? And asking that question every day is such a space of possibilities. And it gives the universe the opportunity to be like, here, okay, you want adventure? Like you want joy? You, you want ease? Like, here we go. Let's, let's have some fun today. Um, and so it really creates this communion with you. It creates a communion with the universe. And, you know, if you're in a relationship, your partners as well. Paula, were you ever bullied or do you have a story about bullying where, you know, mindfulness would have made a difference maybe in your own life, like your adult life, or maybe it's a story about someone else? That is such a good question. So yes, for sure. Like I can think of a lot of different situations in my life where I have been bullied. And here's what I know about bullies is that one, bullying always is based in insecurity of the person that's actually the bully. Mm -hmm. So bullies never they never pick on the weak people. They pick on the strong people. So even though they may be perceived as like the wimpy kid, or they may be perceived as like, they may be scrawny or they might be, you know, awkward or they might be whatever, like different in whatever way. It's like, that's what I know about bullies is they only try to bring down the people that they perceive as stronger than them. And that's uh -huh. always based in insecurity. And for me, like when I look at that, it's kind of like tall poppy syndrome where it's like, you know, you always, people always try to top, 
chop down the tall poppies, but it's like, what if actually everything that you ever bought as a wrongness of you is actually a strongness of you? So what if like, for example, you know, you were bullied for like whatever. So for me, I'll, and I'll talk to you. (laughs) So for me, when I was younger, as I, like I said before, at the beginning of the interview, when I was younger, as I started talking, because I was raised around adults, I was very articulate and I was very curious. So I'd ask a lot of questions and I was very conversational with a lot of my teachers. And so I would get picked on as being like teacher's pet, or, um, I would often be told like, I talk too much or, um, you know, just things, things of that nature. Well, you know, fast forward to this point in my life and I literally get paid to talk to people and my ability to be articulate and to put words to things like energy or to be able to understand understand and articulate what someone is saying to me and help to um, empower them with tools to help create ease in their life. Like that's literally the thing that I was made like wrong for, for so much of my life. And now that's the thing that's actually creating the joy and creating the ease and the fun and money for me in my life. So it's like, what are the things about you that you've actually judged as wrong that like if everything's the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing's the opposite of what it appears to be which I know is a little bit of a brain scrambler but that's that's the way it's supposed to be it's like okay cool so if you didn't know what you knew or what you've been told like what's actually true for you like what is the strength in you that you didn't even know before and it's kind of like I always think about it like you know like the x-men right when they first discover their powers they're destroying everything because they can't control them right but Mm -hmm. then and they start to get into this rhythm and the space of where they're like, oh, actually, this isn't a curse. This is something that I can use to create greater. And then suddenly they're like saving the world and <laughs> finding other people like them and things like that. So it's that's the for bullies. It's like it's never about you. Like it's always about them. Like it's never personal bullying. That's that's what I know is it's not personal. And we we make it personal and we buy into that like victim victimizer mentality. But it's actually not true. So you really have to get back to like what what is the strength here? Like, what is my capacity here that if I actually weren't playing um, into like, like that victim role, like what could I actually create here? Mm. That's very interesting, Paula. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? I would say one of my best friends, her name's Sarah Grandinetti. She's also a con- access consciousness facilitator. She's my business partner. She's taught me more about allowance and just being space for people and allowing them to show up however they're going to show up. And it's been such a gift. She's really taught me about true vulnerability. Definitely, I would say it's one, been one of my biggest influences. So Paula, how has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's actually got me out of being the effect of my emotions and under and really getting to what's true for me. So for me, that the higher harmonic of like perceiving and actually knowing what's true and learning to follow my awareness instead of being at the effect of my emotions has been really the biggest key with playing with the tools of access consciousness and that empowerment there. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. So breathing is one of the greatest tools to connect with our bodies. And it gives us that opportunity to really pause, to expand out energetically and to talk to our bodies about what it's aware of. And also for us to, again, really strip away all of the projections of the day and get to what's true for us. And that actually is what allows us to get to our natural state, which is joy. And so from that space, you literally create anything. (laughs) If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what book would that be? I would definitely say Being You Changing the World by Dr. Dame here. Can you share an app? 
which helps with mindfulness? There's an app called Who Does It Belong To? which is this, it's this funny app that sets an alarm where every, I think it's like, you can set it every 10 minutes, it'll pop up, who does it belong to? And that's where, if we, again, look at that 99% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't actually belong to us. We're just highly, highly, highly aware, energetic beings. And so often we'll perceive things that don't belong to us. And, um, and the mindfulness, that app helps to look at like, who does it belong to? Ask a question because a question always empowers and an answer is always going to disempower. So who does it belong to? That app is my favorite. That's pretty interesting. That really is. I haven't heard of that app before. So I think that's pretty cool. How can we connect with you, Paula? What's our, the best place for us to go to connect with you? Amazing. So you can go to my website, paulaperalta.com. I also am on Facebook, Paula Peralta. And you can also connect with me. I'm on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. And my Instagram is hair by Paula Peralta. And that's where a lot of my, my salon work is. But then also I do a lot of just day-to-day play in my Insta stories. So you can join me there. Hair by Paula Peralta on Instagram. That's a yep. great spot to, to find you. And paulaperalta.com. And Peralta is, well, I'll spell the whole thing. P-A-U-L-A-P-E-R-A-L-T-A. Paulaperalta.com. Yep. Paula, me. it's been so much fun having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so grateful. How does it get even better than this? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. Yeah, this is just absolutely awesome connecting <laughs> with you. I can't wait for Mindful Tribe to hear all of this conversation because I think they're just going to love it. I know they are. So thanks so much for being on the show, Paula. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, bye now. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please tell your friends about the show. Every person who subscribes and listens helps our show. So in the meantime, take what you heard today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.